You're listening to The Gen Den, episode four. Hi, and welcome to The Gen Den. I'm your host, Jen Lara, and this podcast aims to unpack and explore all things coaching. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. I have an incredible coach and educator with me. She also teaches in our coach training program at Anne Arundel Community College. Her name is Caitlin Bockroth, and I like to call her Cece, Curious Caitlin. Uh, She's such a curious um, person, coach, human, and today we're going to be talking about saboteurs and what saboteurs are and how they show up in our life. Here we go. Hello, Caitlin Bachroth, and welcome to the show today. Will you, because not everyone knows you like I know you, will you just introduce yourself to the crew? Yeah, my name is Caitlin Bachroth. I am a coach. I'm a certified coach through ICF, the International Coach Federation. I am also an educator, um, currently at an elementary school, but I work for the greater um, public school system that I work for. Awesome. Yeah. And did you mention that you are teaching coaching right now as well? I did not mention that. I am teaching coaching at Anne Arundel Community College and I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. It's like full circle. You got trained by us, went and practiced the skills in the wild, and now you're back training other coaches, which is super fantastic. Um, I was coming up with the list of topics for the podcast and a very important topic in the world of coaching is saboteurs. And I was like, who who would want to get all down and dirty about saboteurs? And I thought Caitlin would. (laughs) So, so I invited you and you said, yes. What made you say yes? Ooh, um, starting with a good question. What made me say yes is that I have had a rocky journey with saboteurs since becoming a coach. Um, when I first went through my coach training, I don't know how, three years ago, four years, two years, who knows? Um, I really fought against the idea of saboteurs um, when you you and Sue presented them to us. Um, I was like, the you know, the concept of saboteurs, to break it down, is that it's kind of like a negative self-talk in your head, right? And we get to choose whether we believe or don't believe these voices in our head. And when I first heard of the concept, I was like, no, that is not just like a little voice in my head. I don't get to decide if it's true or not. That is the truth. And I was very firm in believing that that little voice telling mean things to me in my head is true. Um, And then over time, as I worked on saboteurs with clients, as I learned more about saboteurs through other courses that I took in the coaching world, the more that I got coached on saboteurs and was willing to look at them in a different way, um, I really have reframed my relationship with saboteurs. And now I do understand them to be just negative self-talk in my head. They're just a thought. I get to choose. Do I believe this thought? Do I run with this thought? Or do I let this thought just be and move on with my life without it? What are you noticing um, is the impact uh, when you get to choose whether you listen to those voices or not? It's so powerful. Um, You know, when I first went through coach training, I was also in therapy. I still am, Um, you know, but it's just been like a 
a journey for me of mental wellness. Um, and when I first went through coach training, I was still at a point in my life where I felt pretty powerless in a lot of things. Um, and, you know, through looking at saboteurs in a different way and understanding that I get to choose whether I believe the thoughts in my head, it's just so empowering. And, you know, it gives me an autonomy in my own life. It gives me back my own power um, instead of these negative thought patterns that have been developed through my life based on external and internal things that have developed those thoughts. And just because some of the audience may not know what those um, voices might sound like, what do the voices sound like? Mm. The saboteur voices. Yeah, for me personally. Um, yeah, for me personally, um, saboteurs are very um, judgmental of my actions, um, of my words. They, I'm trying to think of like a good example because I have lots to choose from. Um, you know, they often think, say things like, why you? You're not special. Um, in fact, Jen, I was just sharing a story with you before we started recording about a new job I have and I get to run this professional development um, for my school district. And I was like, wait, me, I, I'm doing it. Like, are you sure that you all made the right choice in letting me run this professional development? But that's a saboteur saying you're not good enough for this. When in fact, I am good enough. I went through, you know, this interview process to get this new job and I have the credentials. I am good enough. And, but my saboteurs will say things like, you're not good enough. You don't know enough. You don't do enough. You're no one special. Um, it reminds me a lot of like, what's that term? Um, imposter syndrome is what mine sounds a lot like sometimes. So Caitlin, you've pointed out a few things that you can have more than one saboteur. They can have different voices, different niches. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough. Um, what, what's the benefit or what's the reason that saboteurs exist in your opinion? I do firmly believe that saboteurs bring gifts. And when I'm coaching others, I do often ask, what is the gift that this saboteur is bringing? Um, and I think something that I've learned from you, from other um, coaching courses I've taken, you know, is that Saboteurs show up when something is important to us. And so the more saboteurs I got going on in my body, the more I know this is important to me. And so I should keep going, even if the saboteurs are trying to prevent me. And I think it's to protect me, you know, because for example, I had a lot of saboteurs around this new job that I just got, you know, and I, I mean, they were just all over the place for the whole interview process. I was so emotional about it. And, um, and I think it was to protect me, like in case I didn't get the job, you know, like they were like, wait, this is a risk you're taking. It might not turn out in your favor. Why don't we prevent you from even trying so that you don't get hurt? Yeah. So it sounds like when the stakes are high, the saboteurs come, um, because they don't want you to take a risk and gosh forbid not be successful. Um, it also sounds like when things are important, the saboteurs flock. Because again, gosh forbid, Caitlin does something amazing in the world, right? And what if it's not perfect or successful? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. What if you listen to those voices? Then what? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people do listen to the voices and I definitely have in my past. And I think when you give in to them or listen to them and believe them, it just prevents you from doing think amazing things. Like you said, amazing things in the world, things that bring you joy, things that push you out of your comfort zone and move you forward. Um, you know, you, I feel like you would just be kind of stagnant and you would never go for the new job, buy the new house, make the new friend. You would just kind of stay in your little bubble and never leave it. And that sounds kind of, I mean, sounds comfortable, but it's not, you know, expanding yourself to be greater and better and do more things and be more fulfilled. Yeah. I noticed as you were describing the saboteurs, because I can see you because we're on a Zoom um, right now, uh, like your, your, your nose got scrunched up, like it wouldn't be that fun. What else do you notice besides almost the hearing of the voices? What else does your body tell you when saboteurs are present? For me, it is all in my stomach. Um, the, you know, it's, it's like a lot of like you know, just yucky feeling in my stomach, you know, like my anxiety lives in my stomach. And that's what, you know, when you break boil saboteurs down, I think that's a lot of what it could be is anxiety. And so it just feels yucky in my stomach. Um, I'm definitely more tense, you know, in my shoulders and my face. Um, I feel like I'm not as present in the moment, like I am way more inward um, and not really aware of what's going on. Um, I can give an example. Yesterday I was at the gym and the gym is something new that I'm trying. Again, if I listen to the saboteurs, I would never go to the gym ever because that is a huge insecurity for me. Um, and I don't listen to the saboteurs. I go anyway. Um, and yesterday I was at the gym and I had in my head a plan of what machines I was going to use in what order you know, to do my workout. And when I got there, all the machines I had planned for were used by other people. So I went, a saboteurs came up of like, your plan is ruined. You don't know what you're going to do. You're not prepared for this. Um, and I went so like inward into my body because I was nervous of like, what am I going to do? Oh my goodness. You know, instead of pausing and looking at what was available, being in the moment, making a new plan. I just totally went inward and I wasn't really aware of my surroundings. And I almost ran right into somebody walking to another machine because I was just like kind of so nervous and indecisive. So it shows up in a lot of ways. When you're working with clients, Caitlin, because I know you coach a lot within your school district and also outside of your school district and certainly training coaches, you're um, working with a lot of students who are training to be coaches. What do you notice when you're coaching others about their saboteurs? It's funny because I'm going to talk specifically of people who are not coaches. You know, um, I find that's the most fun way to coach around saboteurs because it's like brand new learning for a lot of people. Um, and I notice a lot of people, it's like a light bulb goes off when you explain what a saboteur is to new clients. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do is explain the concept of saboteurs to new clients because they're like, you're right, that is negative self-talk and I don't have to listen to it. And, you know, they just kind of 
it all just kind of clicks together for most people, right? Not all, everyone is different. Some people resist like I did in the beginning. Um, but a lot of the time, it's kind of like that light bulb moment of realization. Um, and it is kind of empowering for a lot of my clients to be able to separate themselves from the thought um, and not believe it. Um, and it's also interesting to ask the question of like, what gifts does your saboteur bring or what is your saboteur protecting you from? Because I find that with a lot of clients, that is not something they've ever been asked or thought of. Like that's a brand new way to look at negative self-talk for them of like, wait, there could be a good reason this is here too. Um, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. And Caitlin, since you have firsthand experience, what makes you or and or your clients resist the idea that saboteurs could um, be present, um, that you don't have to listen to them? I can speak for personal reasons because I don't think I've ever asked a client what's making you resist. Maybe I have. Maybe I start. We'll start if I haven't already. Um, but for me, it's just that I've lived with these saboteurs my whole life. Um, you know, I was in my late 20s when I took coach training. And so these saboteurs have spent a I had not previously identified that they were just a thought. Um, I thought they were like just part of my personality, part of who I was. And to think about it as something that I could choose to not believe or that it's just a thought felt like, wait a minute, this has been with me for so long. And now you're telling me it doesn't have to, like, it's just kind of like, you know, I just got used to having those thoughts around and it was just new learning for me, you know, and a lot of people resist new learning sometimes when it really butts against their normal patterns and things. So, yeah. It almost makes me think of um, propaganda or brainwashing. You've been brainwashed or the, the propaganda from the saboteurs have been decades for most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's hard to, to, uh, to diminish. Uh, question for you. You did mention different saboteurs, like having a niche, like there's the saboteur that likes to come at the gym. And then there's the saboteur that's like, you're an imposter. What saboteurs for yourself and others that you coach do you, um, have you met? Hmm. Or maybe another way to ask is what's the niche of saboteurs that you're accustomed to seeing and meeting? Um, I feel like a common one, definitely for me, but I hear it a lot in my clients or even with just talking with my friends is the people pleaser. Um, the people pleaser is a very popular saboteur and that saboteur just wants to make sure everyone else is happy. Doesn't really care about yourself. You know, how are you doing? Are you feeling good in this decision? It wants everyone else to like you and agree with you and think that you're great, you know, and it doesn't really take into consideration your own feelings. And I think for me, that's the problem with the people pleaser saboteur. It's not that, you know, making others happy is great, but at the cost of yourself is where it becomes a problem, I think. And what's one or two other saboteurs that you feel like you frequently meet or come, come up against or they appear in coaching? Um, I think the overachiever saboteur is definitely a big one. Um, and the overachiever saboteur, you know, just wants to do it all, uh, wants to be great at everything, uh, wants to be perfect at everything, at least for me. Um, and so it just puts a lot of pressure on 
whoever, you know, for me, it puts pressure on me. It puts pressure on my clients if they're experiencing that to just be the best at everything. Um, this particular saboteur for me likes to say, well, if you're not going to be perfect at it, why even try? Um, and it used to prevent me from trying a lot of things because I knew I wasn't going to start off perfect. So I was like, well, then I just won't do it. Um, so that's another big one is the overachiever. I'm trying to think, I know there's at least one more I can think of. I don't know, what's, what's a popular one for you? Great question. Oh, I have quite a few. Um, one of my saboteurs, I named it do D O <laughs> because it's always like, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this. And it is best friends. I believe with that people pleasing saboteur because do believes that my worth is based on how much I get done and move forward in life. And that people will like me more when I do more or have like greater impact. So I remember um, when I first discovered do, I was, um, I got coached and then I took my dog Jedi out for a walk outside, you know, Jedi real well from photos. And um, I remember as I was walking Jedi, instead of being in the moment, it was a gorgeous day and being with Jedi, the dog walking for 15 minutes. Um, do was like, oh, shouldn't we be doing emails? Shouldn't we be working on a project? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? And it was, and I remember cursing out do in my neighborhood, like do, do, dude, like give me a flipping break. I've been working all morning. It's 15 freaking minutes. I will be back to my desk soon to get more work done. I have not been a slacker my whole life and you're going to keep beating me up. And it was just such a revel revelation that how often do I listen to that voice or did I, I don't as much anymore. I'd like, um, turn down the dial on do cause I know do means well do. And it's a he, for some reason, um, sometimes saboteurs, as you know, they have genders. They can't, they can, they don't always, but do is a, a guy for me. And, um, I realized in that moment, and then since then, it's been years that do has been on my radar screen, that I can turn the dial down, that do, the gifts are that I do get things done. I just don't need do. I'm an adult now. Like it might've been helpful when I was 10. <laughs> like go work on your book report, Jen, little Jen. And now it's just not super helpful. I'm gonna get things done no matter what. And if do goes too hot and heavy and I listen too long, I'm not gonna sustain. And then I'm going to be angry and resentful and hate my job and not be kind to my family. And it's like, it goes to the extreme. So for me, do is a really um, big one. Have any new ones popped up for you that you want to share? Uh, no, but something else you said resonated with me. Um, you said like, it goes to the extreme, like it might've been helpful before, but now it goes to the extreme. And I think that's important, right? Because we said that these saboteurs can sometimes be helpful, right? And the overachiever saboteur for me can definitely be helpful in pushing me to do more things and try something new. But if I fully listen to it, give in, I will say yes to everything because I will think I have to. Um, and same with the people pleaser. You know, the people pleaser can be helpful in making sure that I pause and think about the impact on others, you know, and making sure that I, you know, been kind to others and I'm making a meaningful impact. But if I fully give in to the people pleaser saboteur and listen to it, then I completely give away my own self-care and only care about pleasing others and not myself. So I think there's a balance that we have to find. 
I think that's an important distinction because sometimes when I'm coaching clients, they'll say, but this saboteur is really helpful, right? It keeps me being like achieving and accomplished and successful. And I think what you just pointed out is to what end, like, what do you have to give up and sacrifice in order to do that? Um, Whereas in another episode, um, I'll be interviewing another coach about sages and sages have a different energy. They're like, you got this, you can do this project, you can move this initiative forward and don't forget to take care of yourself and go to the gym. Like it's got the energy of positivity and optimism and hope and life balance. Whereas saboteurs oftentimes use shame and guilt and fear Um, and it doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel good. It's not the cheerleader who's like, you got this. Instead, it's like, really, you're going to walk your dog when you could be, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the same for you? Yeah, it is. And it's, um, it's interesting. It makes me think of, um, I talk about this a lot, you know, this Jen, um, something called conscious discipline and conscious discipline is, it's mainly a concept for educators, um, in terms of building relationships with students. Um, but I find that it is so helpful in just my everyday life. And one of the main concepts of conscious discipline talks about, um, you know, how do we motivate students to do what we want them to do or do what they need to do to get the grades, right? And in a lot of ways, fear and shame and guilt used to be the way we would motivate people to do things. And I think that's where a lot of the saboteurs originally come from, you know, but it doesn't have to be that way. There can be a better way to motivate yourself, to motivate others. We don't have to use fear, shame, and guilt like the saboteurs often do. Yeah, that's a really great point. So often as parents and educators, we misuse shame, fear, guilt, et cetera, to motivate instead of using inspiration or acknowledgements um, or students' curiosity. This is one reason I love Montessori Ed so much. There's so much, what are you curious about? You're human, of course you're curious. Um, Caitlin, I also, I'm glad you brought up conscious discipline. I know less about that and perhaps we can do an episode in the future about what exactly it is. However, I do remember when you went to a conference, I think it was last summer, and then you were sharing uh, some visual or I can't remember if it was a visual that you shared or we just spoke about it, but I remember it was like a situation and part of the flow chart of that situation is stopping almost, I want to call it the land of saboteurs, like letting the saboteurs have the mic to share what's on their mind. Doesn't mean you got to stay in that space long and then you get to go on. Can you just bottom line, like what's the essence of that? Yeah, I think the essence of that, if I'm thinking of the same graphic you're thinking of is um, in order to, you know, the saboteurs bring feelings. Um, Right. And we talked about that. Like for me, the feelings are in my stomach. You know, they actually manifest in my body. Um, I can name the feelings. And in order to move past or through the feeling, you have to go through the feeling first. So when a saboteur comes up and brings those negative feelings, whether it's anxiety, fear, sadness, whatever the, the feeling is, you have to let it be. If you resist against it, you're not going to, you know, work through it. You're going to kind of create more tension in your body and you won't be able to kind of 
get to the other side of it. And, you know, you have to let the feel, acknowledge the feeling, acknowledge the saboteur, you know, let it say it's peace, hear it out and just be with it versus like resisting and fighting. Cause then you just create more negativity, more tension, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. There's an author, Ryan Holiday, young guy, writes a ton of really cool books. Um, and one of his books is called The Obstacles the Way. And his the premise of that book is like, go to the fiery, the messiest part, the emotion laden parts. I think he sometimes says you got to go to it and through it. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing here. It's, it's if the saboteurs are going to come because it's important or you're trying something new um, and you're playing like a big life game, a good game of life, um, the saboteurs are going to come. So what I'm hearing is like, give them the mic, let them have their, their peace, but not for too long. Mike comes back and you kind of keep down the road of life. Is that yeah. a metaphor? Yeah, that's a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What happens if they have the mic for too long from your experience or from coaching clients? What have you noticed? <sighs> from my own experience, when they have the mic for too long, um, I kind of go into like just a spiral and it's like, and I, I would say the same for clients. I hear this a lot too of you're then just repeating the thought over and over. There's no new information coming out of it. It's just going through the same thought pattern over and over and over because there is no new information to gain from the saboteur most of the time when, you know, it's just, it's just a spiral. And then you're just more anxious, more negative, and you're just wasting time. In my opinion, it's like, I'm just wasting time letting the saboteur say the same thing over and over. So what I try to do is be aware of the sab like that's why I say like name the saboteur and acknowledge it because if you're aware that it's there you can let it say its piece you know go through the thought and then when I notice that the thought is just then repeating again that's when I'm like okay you are done you have already said that thank you we can move on now um because otherwise I'm just wasting time letting it go over and over and over when I could actually then solve the problem and do something about it it's a great reminder of another sign or symptoms. So for anyone listening, saboteurs come when things are important. Saboteurs come when you're trying something new because they, you know, are fearful that it, it may not work out. Um, you know, a saboteur is present when you feel it in your body. Caitlin mentioned like getting like tightness in the, the stomach. I've had um, coaches and clients say like, they feel like tightness in their neck or their shoulders, or they have a headache or they feel nauseous even. Um, and that uh, saboteurs will also come when else? Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Ah, uh, shoot. What was it? What was I going to say, Caitlin? Do you remember? No, you don't know. <laughs> I would love to be in your head, Jen. Here's yes. I would love to be in there. <laughs> I would love to be in my head right now. This is what happens when you're over 50. You like lose trains of thought. Um, and just saboteurs, just to be aware of all the signs and symptoms. Um, oh, I know what it was. Be aware of rumination, thoughts that just keep, there's no, there's no ending to the loop. Um, and I think that is such classic saboteur behavior when you're just stuck in the, like, I'm just going to analyze and analyze and analyze. There's no new information in that loop. Um, and then you feel stuck. That's another thing to think about also is just when you feel stuck, what saboteurs are at play. Now, Caitlin, I'm just noticing time and I want to be thoughtful about time. What have we not discussed related to saboteurs that you think is important? It's a great question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind um, is just being open 
to, you know, looking at your saboteurs in a different way. Um, I said this earlier that, you know, we've lived with our saboteurs for a very long time. And so they can feel comfortable. They can feel like they're our buddy because they're always with us. Um, you know, like my people pleaser has been with me my whole life. And so it can be uncomfortable to take that first step to separate yourself from your thought. And, you know, so just be open and also don't let a new saboteur come up to beat yourself up for not resisting your saboteurs or not overcoming them, you know, like don't, don't add to the list by trying to overcome your saboteurs. They're still going to be there. You're, you know, there is no, okay, check that saboteur is gone, at least in my experience. Maybe some people it's different. For me, the saboteurs are still there, even though I'm aware of them and have strategies to work with them. Um, I just, like I said, now I have the strategies to work with them, but I know they're still going to pop up. The people pleaser is still here. The overachiever is still here. I'm just now more aware of it. So for me, it's not like I've conquered them and they're gone and I live life free of anxiety and fear and shame. That's not true. It's just that I have developed strategies to work with them when they do show up. It almost reminds me of like them having a dial and you can like crank the volume up, you can crank the volume down um, when you want to hear what, what is it that they're so concerned about? What's their wisdom? If there is some, if you're going to take that road trip, stop and, and I don't know, harvest the emotions that are there. Like wh what can you take and then go, okay, thank you for your service. And then turn the volume down and keep moving on through life. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, and I'd love us both to take a stab at this one. We're going to uh, jump off this uh, episode in just a moment. And my guess, because we're talking about something important, we're both trying something new podcasting, that one of our saboteurs is going to show up. Which one of your saboteurs do you think is going to pop up and start giving you a hard time about this podcast? Ooh, I don't know what the name of it is, um, but it's, the one that shows up after any important conversation, interviews, I mean, this is the first podcast I've done, but, you know, or, you know, a important conversation I've been wanting to have with somebody and I finally have it and then I leave and this one shows up and it's always saying something like, oh, you should have said this. Why didn't you say this? Or you shouldn't have said that, you know, that saboteur of wanting to like kind of rewind time and be like, but wait, I also want to add this or wait, can you edit that sentence out? Um, I don't know what that one's called, but that one will definitely show up in about, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I think I have a similar one who um, lives in the world of perfection, even though my perfection at Saboteur, I actually had like a, a Saboteur funeral for it years ago. I wore all black and I said, goodbye, may you rest in peace, perfect. However, it's got like a little brother, a little sister who still like pops their head up and is like, that wasn't perfect. Your <laughs> questions of Caitlin weren't perfect. Um, you lost your train of thought. That wasn't perfect. <laughs> um, and it's like, come on, buddy. Like nothing in life is perfect. I'm looking outside at mother nature. There's not like a perfect flower, or a perfect tree. It just is. It doesn't have to be good or bad. It can just be. Mm -hmm. um, so I suspect that little voice will pop up and I'm going to thank it for its service for thank you for being quality control and wanting the best. And it's okay. We don't have to do this isn't called the perfect podcast, right? <laughs> If it was, I certainly would not have signed up to talk on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. If anything, we could call it the imperfect, messy as heck podcast. That would be really great. God, I'd be down for that. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. So Caitlin, I'm curious, and I've been asking um, at the end of each of my interviews, for folks who want more information about saboteurs or coaching, what would you share with them? Hmm. For saboteurs in particular, I would check out, and I am going to blank on his name, Sherzad. What's his last name? I think it's Sherzad Charmaine. I may not be pronouncing it perfectly correct. Okay. But I think his first name, I believe is spelled S-H-I-R-Z-A-D. And that's where I learned a lot of my information about um, saboteurs. He has a book called Positive Intelligence. Um, He also does a course that you can take. Um, Oftentimes he runs specials where you can take it for free or really cheap. Um, So I would definitely check out Positive Intelligence. There's like a little quiz you can take on what are your top saboteurs. Um, A lot of the ones I mentioned here today were ones that I got from taking that quiz. Um, So that's where I would say, if you want more information on saboteurs, I would head there. Um, And just coaching in general, you know, I would check out the ICF website to see like, what is coaching? You know, ICF is kind of the and they're not the regulators, but they're the people who know coaching well, and they're the gold standard of coaching. Um, you know, so I would check them out to see what is what is coaching? What is all of this? Great. Thank you. And uh, there's more to talk about. I'm just realizing we didn't talk, and this might be a part two saboteur experience. Um, we didn't talk about how all different ages and stages of life, we have saboteurs. So our kids and teens also have saboteurs. Our senior citizens also have saboteurs. They really are universal across the world, across cultures. Um, we also didn't have time today, but maybe in the future we will, to talk about some societal saboteurs. I think this is where racism really gets its um, energy from, unfortunately, or ancestral saboteurs. So we have more to speak about, Caitlin. Mm, might you yeah. be Might you be open to returning? Oh my gosh, I will come back every single time you want me. I'm here. Any topic, anytime, I'm here. <laughs> I love it. Caitlin and Jen, talk coaching. Coach Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about all things saboteurs. If you're listening right now and you feel like you have some saboteurs in your life that you would like to tame and wrangle, please reach out to one of our engagement coaches. Um, They can help you kind of get grips on what those voices are saying, what their purpose is, and how to adjust the volume so that they don't have to rule your life. You get to rule your life and choose as you like. As always, if you're curious about our engagement coach training, program, please go to the www.aacc.edu website and search for engagement coach training. We'd love you to come and train with us. Bye.